everyone, welcome back to the IGM Movies Podcast. I'm Jim Vivida. This here is Tom Jorgensen. Hello. You pointed at me. <laughs> I did, because for the people at home, just so you know, that was a visual prompt to you, Tom. Nothing like visual gags on a podcast. <laughs> That's right. That was a, you were looking at your phone. I wanted to make sure. Uh, so, we have a few things to talk about. It's been a few weeks break, guys, since yeah. we talked to y'all. Missed um, you. Yeah, seriously. Sorry about that. It's been uh, kind of crazy around here lately. Uh, we have a new guy working at IGN. Let's give a shout out to David Griffin. He's not on Woo. this week's podcast. He might be on the next one, though. He's on a set visit today. Yeah. So the, the gentleman can't join us. He's guy's got a hell of a beard. He does. Hell of a sock taste as well. He's got really good taste in socks. He's, he's oh, and he's also an excellent man. writer. Yes. Yeah, I guess that's also important when we're talking about somebody that's You guys would know him edge. probably from uh, Collider Video. Yes. He did uh, some of their, their uh, podcasts over there. What, is it? what was his British thing again that he did? British? Oh, oh man, God. David, I'm going to forget the name sorry. of him. Sorry. Anyways, I'm sure he'll talk about that yes. when he's on the show. But um, uh, we have a few things we would like to talk about this week. Uh, let's start with some new trailers that have dropped. And boy, have a lot of them dropped. Holy cow. Uh, first of all, Star Wars The Last Jedi second trailer yeah. dropped last week. It already feels like a month ago. That's, uh-huh. Time slows down in the movie movie news uh, sphere. Um, what would you think of it, Tom? Uh, it's excellent. Uh, yeah. It's very similar to what the uh, story trailer for uh, Force Awakens did. It just yeah. gives us... As much as we need to feel like we have a little more detail on the world and where the characters are at without giving us too much plot and too much, uh, you know, spoiling too much. So I thought it was really, they teased this dark, uh, very almost brutal second act to this new trilogy. And uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how they pay off these these sort of huge questions that they they asked of the audience in Force Awakens, uh, the visuals were amazing. These stark reds. It looks like red yeah. is sort of the color of the movie. And you see that in the posters too. Yeah, yeah. The posters. marketing for the movies leaning into that, and yeah, it just looks great. What about you? What did you think of it? Uh, I will say, for such a dark, gritty trailer, the most lasting thing to come out of it is all the poor gifts. Oh man, that His, shot you of the heard poor. The little, you heard the little guy squeal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's my poor against terrible. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I loved it. I can't wait yeah. to see this thing. I thought it was, um, um, it, it struck all the, the, the tone of a second Star Wars mm-hmm. movie. And I know everyone's like, oh, is it just going to ape Empire? You know what? No. There are worse things to imitate. And people a- have been imitating Empire and the whole second movie and the trilogy thing for about 15 years now of yeah. the 30 years that that movie's been out. It's been like a thing, like... People who grew up with that movie and got into the industry started making this is movies. This empire. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's been like, a, it, it's a, it's a, almost a, um, a trope now that your second movie like, is going to be the dark. That's an old one. trope, though. The second, the second act of any story is where the low point is and where the yeah. darkness of the story All lies. All the most conflict, yeah. Yeah, so it's not like... It's not the most creative assessment to go like, oh, Last Jedi is going to be the empire of the trilogy. It's like every second movie is the empire of whatever trilogy it's in. So if we had had a third Romance in the Stone movie, Jewel of the Nile would have been the empire. You're looking at me blankly because you've never seen either movie. I know what it is. I just haven't movie. seen it. Give me a little bit <laughs> of credit. When the going gets tough, the it's, tough get going, Tom. It's Michael That's, Douglas. And, uh, and Danny DeVito and Kathleen Turner. Oh, Okay. 
Yes. I, I was going to say Anne Hage, but Kathleen Turner. No. Okay. Anne Hage would have been like 10. Was I thinking of, I, I think I'm mixing in some erotic thrillers from the 90s oh in here. Oh, Lord, no. Anne, there, ha- Anne Hage is Stone in The Stone wasn't being romanced like Not that now. time. That was a very different romance. Oh, you're, man. You're, I think what is you're, this, morning radio now? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey Hey, I do have little button things upstairs I can bring down next time I that really make noise. don't think anyone wants you to do that. Hey, the old keeping it real people remember the bell. If you remember the bell, say so in the comments. Anyhow, Last Jedi trailer looks awesome. I thought it was, uh, uh, it struck all the right chords and it obviously raised a lot of questions. The big thing that we were talking about was the, the sort of, how it's all maybe just a big misdirect. Like one theory I have is that maybe at the end when you see Kylo Ren reach out his hand to Rey and she just wants to know her place and all yeah. this. Th- what if that is sort of um, like a dream fantasy kind of moment, like the way in Empire, uh, when Luke is in the cave and he slashes off Darth Vader's head and the mask blows open and he sees his own face. If it's a a moment like that, if that's literally not happening between those two characters. I don't think, I really don't think it is. Just, and people, you you can go- You don't think it is happening between them? I don't think it's happening between them. No, that's tons of creative editing in this trailer. People, you know, they show they show shots of one person while somebody's doing voiceover, and, and it's clearly not about them. So you think when he's like reaching out his hand, he's just like, I doubt bro, give me your I doubt keys. You've had too much, right? Like yeah, of, I yeah. I don't think it's that. I think it's no. I think it's probably it could be that could end up being an interaction between Kylo and Rey, but I I doubt yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, I think the whole thing really is a, a creative misdirection, as we put it. Um, but look, Last Jedi, Porgs and all. Great trailer, as great as it is. Not the only trailer that we've had no. of late. Uh, we also had a Black Panther trailer. Black yeah. Panther trailer number two. Yep. Um, now, while it didn't reveal too much more than the first trailer did, it did give us a super cool shot of Killmonger suiting up in his own Black Panther costume. So we have a piece on the site about how it is that uh, Killmonger can wear a Black Panther costume. Yeah, and that's a piece I'm actually deliberately avoiding. I know it's up on the site and I'm sure it's fantastic, but yeah. that's one of those questions that I kind of want to wait until the movie. Right. Yeah, I'm like, oh, you know, I, I kind of want that secret to be uh, secret. Pick the, the hell of a place to work, Tom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I thought that, you know, look, I. Uh, we're going to talk about Thor Ragnarok in a minute, but I have to say, coming off of seeing Thor Ragnarok, uh, which is you know, very funny and definitely goes for the gag over and over again to see uh, a Marvel movie that, while definitely fun, takes itself a little bit more seriously, sort of like the Captain America movies. I, I really enjoy that. I like that, you know, it is putting, thrusting you into the world of Wakanda um, and saying you will, you will respect this and you will, um, uh, y- you will, get caught up in the drama and the sort of the intrigue of this story. And so, yeah, I, I'm really, I'm stoked for Black Panther. I think at this point, though, like, I just want to see the movie. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that I think that a lot of people, we had this conversation at one point, you know, what are you more excited for? Or no, I think it was a, somebody, a listener submitted a question, and it was, what are you more excited for, Black Panther or Thor? And I think both of us said yeah. Black Panther before seeing Thor right. Ragnarok. Right. And after seeing Thor Ragnarok, I feel like we probably picked the right horse yeah, in that race. Because, I think so, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Black Panther, it's Black Panther's contest to lose, let's yeah. say. Yeah, I, I really am uh, stoked about that. One little aside, um, found out this week that... Uh, 
Sylvester Stallone is going to direct the Creed sequel and not Ryan oh, Coogler. Yeah. And look, Stallone can, can be a good director. I did like his Rocky Balboa movie. I will say, though, he also directed Staying Alive, the sequel to Saturday Night yeah. Fever, which is an infamously bad movie. Uh, so let's just hope he's, you know, this is more, Creed 2 will be more the Rocky Balboa and less the Staying Alive. Yeah, let's hope. In, in terms of his oeuvre of sequels. Oof. Uh, yeah, dropping the, the franch. Uh, another trailer this week, or was it this week or last week already? Who knows? Time is a flat I know. circle. Uh, New Mutants. Yeah. Now that was pretty cool. I, I know a lot of people are like, what is, is this an X-Men movie? Whatever. I thought it was cool. Yeah, I, I thought it was a really, it's, it was, it was kind of cool to see this fresh take on a, a superhero movie because it looks like it's not a superhero movie. Yeah. Which is nice. It's a, it's a movie about people with these abilities and they are trapped in an insane asylum, which is, uh, anyone that knows me knows that I love a good insane asylum movie. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, Maisie Williams and Anya Taylor-Joy, Charlie Heaton, they have all these great up-and-coming actors. Yeah. Um, and it really looks like they're going for, they're not afraid to pull punches, especially after Logan and Deadpool. But, like, you get that you get that sort of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street shot of someone coming through the wall. Yeah. Like, not breaking the surface of the wall. So yeah, it looks it looks fun. It yeah, looks well, like a blast. You know, speaking of Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, Dream Warriors, the third one, was a, the director uh, told our own IGN's uh, Daniel Krupa that that was a big influence on that movie, um, on, on New Mutants. And they even did that, the wall pushing scene like they did in the, the old Elm Street movie yeah. where it's just like, the actor pressing their face and hands against yeah. latex. Yeah. I'm like, that's so cool. It's exactly. so old yeah, school, go but practical it still works. Whenever you, oh my God. If there are any like young filmmakers out there listening to this, remember this, always go practical if you can. Like, just, just do it. Even yeah. if it's something as dumb as pressing your face against latex, I guarantee if that shot had been CG, it would have looked awful. I, I saw a stage play. And I also, I'm also going to accept the possibility that maybe it was CG. Who knows? No, no. It's, he it, definitely said that yeah. shot was latex. Okay, yeah. thank God. Because I, I, saw, I saw a stage play about a year or two ago, and they did that same trick. And uh -huh. it works. Like, it, even, and it wasn't CG during the play? It was not. No believe way. it or not, it was an actual physical <laughs> thing. But it was really cool to see it, like... You would think, you know, you're seeing something on stage, or like you're used to the artifice, but it really actually works. So that's a that's a really cool trick. Whatever freaky mofo that came up with, hey, what what, what will happen if I shove my plate at my face through latex? You came yeah, up with a winner, it's paying pal. off dividends. I know. Uh, so, uh, but you know, New Mutants. It's not the first time like Marvel's kind of dabbled in horror. Even the Fantastic Four reboot. Yeah, picking up that scab, but you know they were going for body horror and stuff like that. That's at We've least had... how it was positioned early on. Yeah. They were like, yeah, oh, this movie's gonna be all Cronenberg body horror. Wait till you see it, and then we got horror. It just wasn't what they were going for. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, there was you know Ghost Rider movies and Blade and all that. So it's it's definitely like in the New Mutants comic that that particular run, the Demon Bear stuff. It is all about like you know, um, uh, Moonstar can Danielle Moonstar can. Uh, like project people's fears. So mm. it does make you wonder like, is it simply like all her powers kind of going awry and, and screwing with people and she's being manipulated and all that. It was a little uh, strange to see Cecilia Reyes as like, it seems like the villain of the movie, like the evil, um, the evil Moira McTaggart or evil yeah. Professor X. So well, we'll see, maybe that's a misdirect. But um, so let us know what you thought of the, uh, the, the trailers. 
what's our hashtag again? Do you want to do IGN it on Movies that? Podcast. IGN hashtag Movies Podcast. IGN Movies Podcast. Or, or send us your thoughts at movies at IGN.com or in or, the comments. Or on our Facebook page, IGN Movies, or our fan page, IGN Movies Podcast. That's, that is absolutely correct. This is called teamwork, folks, where we're just bouncing things off each other, and he runs with it, and I usually drop it. It's beautiful. Uh, so, now that we've talked about these cool new trailers, Tom and I, uh, as well as Joshua, Terry, and David, we've all been lucky enough to see Thor Ragnarok. Now, we will not get into spoilers on this week's podcast. None. We are. This is going to be a, a brief... Impressions. Im- impressions of it. Um, and we'll save the main thing until you guys have a chance to see the movie. So, Tom, what did you think of Thor Ragnarok? I... I'm in a position that I'm not usually in. I'm usually pretty on the side of uh, being forgiving to movies and like kind of jumping on the hype train. I'm I'm as guilty of it as as anybody. But I will say that Thor Ragnarok, I was a little underwhelmed by. Mm. Everyone is calling this the funniest Marvel movie, the best Thor movie, and it is that. It is the best Thor movie. But I I think it's something that you'll watch maybe once or twice and then. Mm. kind of just leave it. Yeah, I, I have to say that I, I uh, gave it a 7.7 in my review, which is fair. up on the side. I think that's what I, that, I would I think give it's it something a good movie. I don't think it's a great movie. Yeah. Frankly, I wanted a great movie. I like Taika Waititi. Mm-hmm. I like Me him too. as a guy. He's a very fun guy if you ever, you know, if you see him in an event. <laughs> if you ever get to hang out with him at well, a party. Well, no, no. Like, you know, if you're at, yeah. say, a talk that he's at, whatever. Yeah, Anyhow, no, he's hilarious. I thought it was a really... I thought it was funny. I did think they spoiled a lot of their best gags in a lot of the marketing. Yeah. Um, and, and they I, spoiled some of their best dramatic moments with their gags that exactly. were revealed in the marketing. And that is one of my biggest problems with Thor Ragnarok is it desperately wants to be just a Planet Hulk movie. Mm-hmm. And in case you guys don't know, Universal Pictures owns the solo Hulk movie distribution rights. That is why... We're not getting a, a solo. Yeah, Hulk you're not going to see it anytime soon. You know, so this was their next best thing. However, I just thought the shotgun marriage of Planet Hulk, the Sakar sequence of this movie, and Ragnarok didn't didn't gel, didn't yeah. mesh, uh, because it's it undercuts, underwhelms the stakes of Asgard. The being, you know, Ragnarok is the end of all things. It's the it's doomsday, and Everything is just kind of played for a laugh, and I thought um, that works on Sakaar. It doesn't work with Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. And so I thought it was fundamentally flawed in a way that yeah. it couldn't quite recover from. Um, but I don't think it was fun. Movie. It was fun. It was fundamentally flawed, but it was fun. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I'm not, I gave it a positive review. Yeah. I stand by it. I think it's a good movie. I do think, though, I don't know if it's, I think the hype leading up to it and the expectation outweighs what the movie actually delivers. I, and I'm actually really excited to see it again and to see how I feel, because it happens. Like you sometimes you watch a movie once and you're like, this is my reaction to it. And then sometimes after that uh, initial sort of uh, expectation is either met or missed, Seeing it a second time kind of lets you have a little bit clearer eyes. You kind of yeah. temper your expectations. So I'm excited to see what I think on a repeat viewing, but I don't think that I'm going to go like, oh, I had it wrong. This is the best movie ever made. Like, yeah. I, I think I'll probably be a little more forgiving of its flaws and 
be able to sort of be like, yeah, this is just a fun Marvel movie. Yeah. Uh, instead of it being like, oh, this is the next Guardians of the Galaxy. Which, for my money, Even the is... next Guardians of the Galaxy wasn't as good as Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians 2. Guardians 2? That's yeah. interesting because, like, the more I watch Guardians 2, I'm... I'm sort of on the fence on that. Oh, I, I think that I, I think that I love the stuff that the uh, the father stuff without saying yeah. Too much. Uh, but it's on Blu-ray. You guys should have yeah seen yeah. It right now. Blu-ray rules kicking up. Yeah yeah. All right. So over. so uh, yeah. All the the ego stuff is just like yeah. brilliant, and especially the last ten minutes of the movie, just like yeah. tears every time. Um, I will say that you know the fir- this is kind of the problem when you have to review movies is that you're right. Sometimes the second time you see something, you appreciate it more or you get something more out of it. And that happened with me with Civil War. And I found myself in a position where I was on the hook to do the review. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I, I still have it hung over my head that I only gave it a 7.8. I definitely would have put it, put it in the 8s if I had been able to see it again because I did like it more the next time. But I had, you know, fundamental... Not fundamental, but like I definitely had issues, issues with, with it. Yeah, like that the the third act was emotional, it was great, but it's tough to top that airport scene. And frankly, it was a the whole thing was kind of a tease. Like their 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 reluctance to ever pull the trigger on killing a character yeah. is really beginning to yeah. sort of you know. But well, we'll see. something tells something tells me Infinity War is going to give us a little bit of that. Yeah, I, I mean it's going to have to at this point. Yeah. I, I think, um, but I think let's leave it at that. Yeah, we'll we'll circle back to Thor Ragnarok in a few weeks. We 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 have recorded a full on spoiler cast. Yeah, myself, Joshua, and David. So uh, you have that to look forward to. It opens up October twenty seventh in the UK. And then the November third in the U.S. So. Yeah, Oct- October twenty seventh, as it's uh, being sort of regarded around the office as the best slash worst day of the year. Yeah, because everything is coming out October twenty seventh. All the folks at home, what they have to look forward to, Tom. Oh, Assassin's Creed, Stranger Things, Super Mario Odyssey, uh, Jigsaw. Jigsaw. That's right. I've been just. I've been neck deep in the. Uh, the edit for we're doing a uh, saw timeline video, which is the entire thing in I'm chronological so order. Sorry for you. <laughs> Lu- don't feel sorry for me. Feel sorry for our amazingly talented Lucy O'Brien, who wrote the script and figured out the chronology. And let me tell you, even reading it just start to finish, it still doesn't make sense. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, that's a great plug for a video. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, it makes a little bit of sense. This so you is should a totally check it out check before it out. you watch Jigsaw yeah. and Stranger Things and Super Mario Odyssey and Assassin's Creed and things I'm probably forgetting about. Yeah, I think there is. Like, oh, and we found out um, uh, this week that Punisher is going to debut the same day that Justice League comes out, November yeah. 17th. So, hey. That's going to be another one. There we go. mini sequel to October 27th. I will say real quick, I did a bunch of set visits way back in the day for the Saw sequels, and they used to do the, the most annoying thing when they would finally screen the movie for Junket Press, Movie Junkets, which is where you go to interview the filmmakers and the actors. Um, they would show you the whole movie, except for the last 10 minutes. What? Yeah. It was the it was the most frustrating thing because you can't review the movie obviously then, 
And they were like, well, we, we're trying to preserve the spoilers. That's why you have NDAs. You make me sign yeah, something and I yeah. can't say anything. Oh, you know? gosh. So, yeah, they used to screw us royally on that. Mm -hmm. So they're not screening uh, Jigsaw for the press, though. I guess they want to keep all the secrets. This yeah. Time. So <laughs> Hopefully we'll, one of the sequences isn't that this looks like a crappy movie. We're going to have a review up, though, opening day. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, let's move on from... Uh, well, I, we somehow went from Ragnarok to Jigsaw. I still can't quite figure out Just how very, that happened. Very, it's, oh, it's talking about release Fridays. dates. There we go. Um, hey, a little bit of news this week. That Han Solo solo movie. Never heard of it. Yep. It got a title. You know, know what? it? It's Solo. Oh. Oh, because that's his name. Yeah. Oh, I get it. Oh, it's okay. Solo. solo. The movie's movie. called Solo. Uh, fine. Well, I gotta say, look, in all seriousness, um, yeah, and what else was it gonna be called? Han Solo? Like, it, it was, um, it, it was not surprising. I don't know why they had to do the whole working title thing for yeah. so long. Just, you know, it's like, it's Han Solo. Solo or Han. Han Solo. Like yeah. One of those. So, but you don't you have a theory or you have something to say about I this? I have Tom? I have an opinion on this. Well, I got I have a, I have a hot take, as it were. Uh, me. I am actually a little upset with the internet this week about oh. its reaction to uh, the movie being titled Solo: A Star Wars Story. I think we can all agree that this is not. It, maybe it's not the best title. My pick for a title, by the way, just. By the by, was Corellian Nights. I just thought it had like a funny sound to it, and uh, it would have been a cool title. But anyway, so uh, Solo's the title of the movie. That's the one we got, and that's fine. But you know what? I feel like when we were talking about what this movie could be called, when Lord and Miller were still directing it, everyone was like, oh yeah, what if it was called Solo? And that would be hilarious because it's a solo movie, it's a standalone, but it's also about Han Solo. Mm. I'm pretty sure everyone sort of was like on board with that idea, or at least a lot of people were. And now that Ron Howard has taken over the movie from Lord and Miller, uh, there was this sort of backlash as like, oh, he's sort of the most boring pick that you could make for this kind of movie. He's such just like, he's just like a prestige director and he just kind of does movies very by the numbers and and he moves on. And everyone sort of sort of hit out against him for that. And when this title was announced, everyone kind of had the same opinion. Like, oh, what a boring by the numbers title. You know, this is so stupid. It's the same one we were all talking about loving when yeah. Lord and Miller were still attached. So I'm I'm still of the opinion that we need to kind of, and yes, Ron Howard is not the most flashy, amazing pick that probably could have been made for this movie, but I still want to see a trailer before we condemn this yeah. to being a bad, boring movie, because I don't think we're going to get that at no, all. we're not. So yeah, internet, calm down about the title of the movie, because you know what? <laughs> It does. What's in a name, right? Like Shakespeare said that I think William William yeah. Shakespeare. Ever heard of him, guys? Barely I don't know why I'm shakes. getting like so combative all of a sudden. Know, bring so, yeah. it on, internet! Holy cow! Yeah, right. Um, well, you know, look. I think uh, a solo. Either way, it's it's fine. It fits on a poster. It probably translates well around the world. Mm -hmm. I don't. You know, like it, it's. It, they could have called it. You know, Han has hemorrhoids, and people would still go see it. I'd go see that movie in a heartbeat. Yeah, I mean, well, I'd see any Star Wars movie in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, look, uh, let, let's let's wait and see how it looks. I'm sure. I, I don't. It's not going to be a bad movie, but my my 
guess is that it could be a movie with a bit of an identity crisis. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, that is a, they'll have to work over time, and obviously they've wrapped production on it, uh, principal photography anyway, but uh, yeah, like it's an uphill battle to make this a cohesive yeah. uh, movie that makes sense because they were almost, they were pretty close to done when they fired Lord Miller. Yeah. So I'm, ge- I'm guessing that they basically reshot the movie. At least a like good, to a very heavy good degree. chunk, yeah. I would say that I would say that by the end of it, this is my prediction for like years out or whenever the movie comes out. Uh, that next May, I believe. Next May, that sounds yeah, next right. Summer. Yeah. So my guess is that pretty much anything that's not a big action set piece is probably game for yeah. reshoots. And even some of those are probably yeah. things that they had reshoots on the mind for. It'll be an interesting thing between that and Justice League, uh, like this time next year, doing What's kind of What's the hotter mess Well, yeah, just doing post once all the stories about what actually went down. You know, once once the, once each of those movies hits Blu-ray, people will start telling mm-hmm. the stories. Yep. You know, once they don't have to be out there doing the press tour for it anymore, the truth will come out. Yes. You know, uh, so a little, just a little bit of rumor this week. We're not going to couch this as news, but a rumor, I believe, from that uh, hashtag show uh, about the Detective Pikachu movie, which is in the works at Legendary, about four actors that uh, they've not been approached, but are being eyed, being mulled over for the role this of is the, like, Detective This is the Pikachu. pedigree that they're going for. Yes, and those four actors are Hugh Jackman, Ryan Reynolds, Mark Wahlberg, and The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Of those four, who do you want to play Detective if I, Pikachu? If I'm only picking between those four, I would probably go... I think The Rock is too... <laughs> I can't believe I'm about to say this. The Rock is too obvious for Pikachu because <laughs> be, it, because it's just like The Rock does everything. So why wouldn't he do Pikachu? So I'm going to take The Rock off the table. Okay. Uh, so then we're with Ryan Gosling, Hugh Jackman. No, 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 Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds, Hugh Jackman, and... Mark Wahlberg. And Mark Wahlberg. Uh, Mark Wahlberg off the table. Uh, let's give it to Hugh Jackman. I think okay. Hugh Jackman, Pikachu... Australian accent might yeah. be kind of hilarious. Yeah. So yeah, I think Hugh Jackman. You know, he's given up one iconic character that has a yellow palette to their <laughs> to their look. So let's let's move past Wolverine and get him into a smaller rodent that is significantly less uh, uh, brutal and and uh, feral. I can't believe I'm going to go for Mark Wahlberg here on this one, but I guess the Boston boy in me wins yeah. out. I, but I want to hear him do it with his, his Boston accent. Thickest box, Boston accent. Yeah, he's yeah. just like, guys, I think I found a Pokemon. I don't <laughs> know, like, something like that. I, I just, I really don't care ultimately who voices Detective Pikachu because I feel like that was a little after my time. So yeah, I yeah. just kind of look it's at right you guys. It's right in the middle of my time. Well, I, I look at you, I was looking at you guys like, uh, last year running around playing Pokemon Go and I'm like, holy crap, like this is, they're chasing things that don't exist. This is kind of amazing just from the outside (laughs) looking in. But, you know, okay, I don't really have anything to say. I think think what we have to say is that Detective (laughs) Pikachu is a weird ass idea and the fact that they're probably, if that's who they're looking at and that's like made it out into the public, 
I don't think we're going to get somebody low, sort of low rent to voice Pikachu. I think it's going to end up being somebody shocking, no matter who it is. (laughs) All right. Well, speaking of uh, shocks, let's move on to, it is that time of year, folks. It's uh, Halloween is uh, about 11 days away now. Yeah. Uh, And so we're going to talk about horror. Now, last weekend's box office was topped by Happy Death Day, which is the third big win this year uh, for Blumhouse, production company, and Universal. Um, And then this weekend's box office is is expected to be topped by Boo 2, A Medea Halloween. (laughs) So uh, let's talk about, though, 2017. uh, In reality, been pretty horrifying year in a lot of ways. Yep. (laughs) But uh, in terms of movies, horror has been strong you could say it's been a killer or oh, you could not or you could not or you could not say that part. but i did i went there and there we are um but no it's been it's been one of the real mainstays this year even even on the lower budget ones that are kind of come and go they've been some of the safer bets so let's i'm just going to rattle off a year in wise. horror 2017 in, here we pretty go pretty much Look, Stephen King's It is now at the domestic box office, the number five movie of the year. It's pulled in, uh, as of this recording, about $317 million. That's um, crazy. And then, you know, we, we've got Get Out, which a lot yep. of people could say, look, that's a thriller, but I think it counts as a horror movie. There are some horrifying parts of that yeah. movie, yeah. Uh, and that is on our list of that and It both made it to our list of top 100 best horror movies now on IGN.com. Ooh. Check out the, the nice site plug. for the rest. Yeah. You know, I like my segues. Yep. Uh, so, you know, there's Get Out. There was also Split, you know, which is yep. technically a sequel to Unbreakable uh, but and a thriller, but at that last third act, that third act oh, yeah. was definitely went into some horror. Yeah, it gets, it gets pretty intense towards the end of that movie. Yeah. And also, d- throughout, just all the, all stuff, the stuff with, with uh, Anya Taylor-Joy's backstory. It's yeah. just like, that, if that's not horror, I don't know what is. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, those uh, those three movies were big hits, as was Annabelle Creation. Yeah. Um, you know, that's part of the Conjuring universe at this yes. point. But, it, it, but it's... I think it was uh, 102 million. And again, that movie I want to say was made for 10 million. That was 15 a low million. budget movie. So, David Sandberg directed. Yeah. He's who doing di- Shazam now. Who directed Lights Out last year? This is really like as as great of a year 2017 was for horror. This is really a continuation because last year was also a great year for horror. Why do you think? Why do you think horror is resonating? Uh, I think part of it is what you were saying, that these are scary times, and in scary times, people seek out um, catharsis and and ways to experience anxiety and fear in kind of a safe environment as a way to get it out, get out, huh? Uh, So I think that is probably part of, it's why the Purge movies do so well. It's because these are... These are commentaries on our our fears and our anxieties that are uh, safe. So, but they also seem what was once exaggerated now seems remote but plausible mm-hmm. to some people. Like purge anarchy, 
doesn't look that far-fetched yeah, anymore yeah, yeah. to me. That movie looks <laughs> that's like... That's a CNN documentary, right? Yeah, I feel like that's about five years away at this mm-hmm. point, yeah. you know? Um, and then, you know, even like It, which was... I think, you know, we've talked about this in past episode, but I feel like that movie... It's not only just Pennywise, the scary clown. You're you're connecting with those kids. Oh yeah. And it also hits the the right kind of nostalgia sweet spot for uh, a couple of generations of people, for both millennials and Gen Xers. I think you know people my age that would have, uh, you know, that was my youth was yeah. when you see those kids. And then, um, but also that that book came out in 1990, and the, uh, no, in 1987, and the miniseries came out in 1990. So you guys would have been growing up. Yeah, it's with really interesting because it's, yeah, it's this you know? multi generational and it and it weaves the reasoning behind people's uh, interest in this movie weaves in and out of the book release, the movie or the miniseries release when the book is set. So like people from the fifties probably yeah. liked it because the yeah. flashback, the miniseries because yeah. the flashbacks took back took place then. So you're getting like. Everybody has something to love yeah. in this story and this adaptation of this story. So I think it's I think that's why this movie hits so hard. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's just a good movie. And also, and again, we've kind of talked about Annabelle creation before, but look, a creepy doll. You can't. Yeah, you can't go you can't wrong lose. with a creepy doll. And don't forget Lulu Lulu Wilson. Is that yeah? Her name? She's yeah. a little lucky charm, isn't she? Yeah. For her? She, Lulu she Wilson in, and a creepy doll. You've got a horror hit on your. Yeah, hands. she was in Ouija: Origin of Evil. Yep. And, uh, but also, you know, look, Happy Death Day. Even though it's a horror comedy, uh, it's basically Groundhog Day meets a slasher film. Yeah. Um, it was actually pretty good. I saw it. Um, yeah, I still have know. to catch it. I haven't seen it. Yet. I really, I gotta say, like Blumhouse and full disclosure, an old friend of mine is the director of development over there. Uh, but I, I, I will say that they have, they have a knack. I mean, they they pick their material in, in a very. Um, they're very smart about how they go about things. Yeah. Even the films that they acquire, you know, not everything that has the Blumhouse stamp is something that they made in they house. Produced, yeah. They'll go to the festivals and pick up a, a cool looking movie. Um, you know, not all of them pop, but they have a they have more hits good, than misses. A pretty good track record. I mean, they're tied to the Paranormal Activity series, The Purge. Mm-hmm. Um, they got a they got a real a real uh, iconic franchise next year in Halloween. Oh yeah, they're bringing yeah. that back. Bring back Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, John Carpenter to score and produce. And then you know, look, but Happy Death Day, fun movie. I'm trying to see here, what else we had come out this year? Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, Annabelle Creation. Uh, it comes at night. Yeah, which I thought was oh, very interesting. It's fantastic, um, um, guys! If you haven't seen that, seek that movie out because yeah. it is, it is like, it is as brutal, if not more brutal, than The Road. And The Road is a very like hard movie to watch. It's a but bit this more one like it, I think. I, you know, there was, as I'm watching, I'm kind of like, this is what I wish The Walking Dead would be like mm, more consistently. Yep. Um, not that there are zombies or anything like that. Uh, Just in, tonally. But yeah, there's that slow burn, you know, that the, the let's, let's keep it down to just like a, a core unit of like a family. Yeah. And how are they affected by this post-apocalyptic world? Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like there are lessons that, you know, something like Walking Dead could take from that. Uh, there's one movie that came out this year that also made our top 100 horror movies list that I 
chickened out of going to see, and it's called Raw, and it's a cannibal movie. That's so funny that you bring that up. My my brother and his girlfriend just showed me the trailer to that last night, and I had heard about it, uh, and they watched it just previous to yeah. us coming home last night, and they were like, shook. They were this, <laughs> like, this movie was disgusting and yeah. so hard to watch. They loved it, but they, they definitely... I can't bring myself. That's the yeah. one thing I can watch... A lot of types of horror I cannot you can't watch. Get on with cannibal cannibalism. No, yeah, I missed. Uh, I missed the Green Inferno too. Yeah. So yeah, maybe that's just like maybe that's sort of a bridge too far for. for yeah, us. that that. Well, it's still it's it's one of the big taboos, right? Yeah. I mean, I could probably watch like a documentary about like what happened to like that Rockefeller guy that went missing, mm-hmm. or like you know like. Hey, did the people in Roanoke all eat each other? Probably. Mm-hmm. You know, I could I could I could watch something like that, but. There's just, it's, uh, I can't. Although, I, you know what? That's not entirely true. Wasn't Ravenous, didn't they have cannibalism in that? I don't know. I've yeah, never I, seen I, Ravenous. I remember enjoying Ravenous. So, yeah. Uh, But yeah, this year also had, though, uh, I, I will say part of the success of these horror movies is that they were made at a lower budget. Yeah. When you get into the bigger mainstream franchise stuff like The Mummy, which made money overseas, but was dead here at home. Mm-hmm. And also Alien Covenant, which, yes, also science fiction, but Alien, the first one, it's a horror movie. Oh, absolutely. Also yeah. on our top 100 list. I am Deservedly just, so. I am just whoring out Guys, this can you tell list. that Jim really wants you to check this list out? Come on, folks. We put a lot of work into it. Please. Just look at it. <laughs> Give me the clicks. Um, but, you know, the, we, we also had... Uh, you know, Mother, which we talked about, which yeah, I'm still going to bring myself to go see that I thing. still haven't seen it either. I, I want to, though. That one is on the list. Uh, we want to hear, though, what horror movies you saw this year that you guys really liked. And if there were any that we mentioned that you didn't like, let us know why yeah. you didn't like. Let Get us know in the comments. Us. You can add us for that. We're giving you permission to add us yeah. for which of the horror movies that we discussed that you didn't like. But only that. Yeah. At Tom underscore Jorgensen. That's correct. On and the Twitter. At- and at Jim Vavita. On the tweeter. Uh, let's let's talk, though, about sort of our love of horror movies in general. Yeah. Um, Tom, what are some of your favorite horror movies? Oh, man. Well, I think that my very favorite is probably, and, and part of this is nostalgia. I wouldn't say this is the best horror movie ever made, but it is my favorite, is The Blair Witch Project. Yeah. Um, I watched The Blair Witch Project for the first time pretty soon after it was released uh, on home video. And my dad, I was kind of impressionable enough at the time. And he contests this, but I stand by it that my dad told me that it was real. (laughs) Because it was, you know, found footage was not as popular back then as it is, you know, after The Blair Witch Project came out. So I a little bit believed it, and I also grew up in New Hampshire, which is just like, it looks like the Blair Witch Project, no matter where you go. So just, I I love the Blair Witch Project for for how slow burn it is, for how, uh, how it builds dread, how really the supernatural stuff isn't as scary as watching these three young filmmakers lose their mind. And listen, I've made movies. I know that it's easy to lose your mind making a movie, but when there's a witch hunting you in the woods, I think tensions probably run a little higher. So Blair Witch Project's one of them. Uh, I also think that I would put Wreck up right near the top. Not Quarantine, Wreck, the original 
Um, I believe it's a Spanish yeah, movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you guys haven't seen Wreck, you have to check it out. If you can't tell, I love found footage horror movies. I made one. That's how much I love them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Wreck is just this. Where Blair Witch Project is a slow burn and kind of draws you into the world. Wreck just, as soon as it hits the gas, it doesn't let up till the end. <laughs> and you're just constantly horrified. Even the sequel to Wreck, Wreck 2, that's another, that's a really good one. As I will say too, like quarantine, uh, I didn't mind. I did the junket for that mm -hmm. way back in the day. And I was like, oh. Because it's basically, now I like, I, I'll be completely honest, I have not seen Quarantine. Yeah. So I just I just say you have to see Wreck because it's so easy to just cop out and be like, oh, I don't want to watch subtitles. Like, it doesn't... <laughs> guys, just watch Wreck and then watch Quarantine. I will watch Quarantine and, and make myself seem like less of a, less of a snob. The correct that people have uh, trouble reading subtitles where you look at pretty much any video that you watch online now is all yeah, text... Yeah, you know? yeah. Just so, if if you want to, uh, if it's okay for your Facebook, why isn't it okay for? Uh, yeah, for mute a movie? the movie and read the subtitles. There you that's go. A, just think you're watching off. on Facebook. Yeah. So a those are those ones? are a couple. Uh, um, well, actually, The well, Shining, like The okay. Shining and Psycho, like the classics. Yeah. Uh, Psycho is Psycho holds up, and Psycho is one of the first. Except for that very last scene when the shrink comes out. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the, uh, the Anthony Perkins performance in that oh, is just like, fantastic. it's legendary. And it's also the first to my, to my understanding, at least, uh, like one of the first real performances in a horror movie. It doesn't go for this sort of of the time theatrical. No, um, he's not covered in makeup no, or making funny no, noises. He's no, just, he's quiet and he's, and he's brooding messed and messed up and he's, and he plays it all very small. Um, until he obviously, you know, puts on the mother the mother outfit, and then it goes pretty big. Um, and then The Shining. Like, I'm not going to sit here and talk to you guys about why The Shining is an amazing movie because you all know. Uh, so, what about you, Jim? What are some of your favorite? I, I movies? will just say that I'm not as enamored of The Shining as everyone else. I've watched it many times. I like it. There's scenes uh, scenes in there I love. Um, I feel like it's just one of those movies they throw everything against the wall on that one. Yeah. And I, I, I still don't quite know if there's any real logic at work in that movie. I would be really I would be really interested to see and there's this sort of I think the shining goes up with movies like Star Wars or things like that where you talk about remaking it and people lose their minds. They're like, no, yeah. the shining is perfect. Like don't don't do a remake of Kubrick's adaptation of The Shining. Make a new adaptation. Well, that's of what the they novel. did with that TV miniseries. They did the miniseries, but the miniseries is it got like part of the way there in terms of how good it is. Stephen King prefers it to the. Well, to I the mean, Kubrick just because film. he prefers it doesn't mean that it's the absolute best version possible of the book. He also said you should go see Dark Tower. Well, you know, I'm kidding. Yeah, <laughs> no, he really did. So, uh, the, so you're not crazy about The Shining? What horror movies? Are no, you but crazy I do. Uh, I love The Omen. Yeah, the original Omen. <laughs> not the, not the, not, not the, the 2006 remake. Nope. I also did that junket. I've done a lot of junkets for horror remakes. People, yeah. <laughs> it's been. It was. Those were le th Those were bad years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the Omen. Uh, I love that one because um, I love Gregory Peck. I love that the. The uh, you know Richard Donner, who went on to make the first Superman movie, made The Omen first in 1976, mm -hmm. and you know he cast 
quote unquote real actors. You got Gregory Peck, Atticus yep. Finch, yep. Uh, to be in a devil movie, an antichrist movie. Yeah. And just the fact that it ends with Gregory Peck getting killed in oh, yeah. a church, mm-hmm. you know, trying to stab his son to death. Atticus Finch is trying to stab a, a, a toddler yeah. in a church. Like, you know, it goes to show that Donner had a way to sweet talk these great actors into doing something they Some would probably stuff. otherwise say no to. Like, yeah. and a couple of years later, he did Superman and got Marlon Brando and Hackman and all these great people to be in it. Um, so The Omen is one. Um, I'm very sentimental and, and attached to the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, not not to get too too schmaltzy here, but um, the last thing I ever did with my dad was go to a double feature and went to see Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan and the Thing. Oof! Oh, and, that's a good. Co- yeah. Wait, were those out at the same time? Yep. Summer 1982. Yeah, 82, right? Yep. Uh, oh my god! So we did that, and so I'm always. Uh, going to be uh, sentimental about the thing. It's a great movie, and for years I could not eat buttered noodles mm-hmm. because when we came home from the movies, you know, my mom had just made like a, a snack or some dinner or whatever for, and there were buttered noodles, and all it did was remind me of the guts of the dog who gets turned inside out. And yep. I'm like, I can't eat that. Yeah, well, buttered noodles is Last out for the rest of, of years, my life. A couple of years later, there's a there's a I'm watching Swamp Thing on TV, and you know, Irish family, and my mom is making boiled dinner. I can't eat boiled dinner then because it looks like Swamp Thing bleeding, you know, so can't do that. So, We're going to have to do a separate episode about all the things you can't eat because of horror movies. Prob- that's not a bad idea. So I like the Omen, the Thing, um, and I love The Birds, Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. The Birds? I actually am not crazy about yeah. that. It's a slow movie. It, I, need it to, I need to watch it again, It's definitely something you would not that would be so butchered if they remade it nowadays, like yeah. the, the tone of it. But I just, um, yeah, I'm just, I, I'm, birds kind of freak me out a little bit. Yeah, because um, it, it takes, it takes, the best horror movies take a, take something from real life or something, an anxiety from real life, and they just turn the volume up to 100,000. Yeah. Uh, way past 11, way past 10. Um, so yeah, the birds taking something that you see every day and making you go like, oh man, oh that's that's I can't even be safe around these anymore. Yeah, and also too, just the the sort of the mystery of why they even do it. It's never explained. Yeah, they just nature goes wild. Yeah. Um, also love uh, poltergeist. Although mm-hmm. you know you could make the argument that that is more of like an amusement park ride than a, a true horror movie, but I loved it and. Um, and you could also say that about Jaws. Both of those movies made our top 100 list, again with the plug. But you could make the argument that Jaws is really more of a thriller. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's another, those are all great movies. But I'll, say this, so I'll many... say this about Jaws, actually, as far as it being a horror movie. Uh, before I moved out to L.A., I was uh, I was living in a suburb of Boston, Somerville, uh, which obviously, you know, you grew up in Quincy, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Slumaville. Slumaville. Yeah, that's where I was from. It's all Although it's very now. nice. Yeah, it's yeah. super nice now. Um, but uh, the Somerville Theater, which is this great independent theater uh, in Davis Square there, uh, was doing a 35 millimeter screening of Jaws. And this film historian came out before and he was like, guys, like, no joke, this is the best print of Jaws in existence that's not in like a vault somewhere. Uh, And watching it in a full theater on a huge screen with 
big speakers. Like that movie actually does play like a horror movie in a big, in and, a big and did it like hold that. up in terms of like people not laughing at things that would have been scary back then? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. There was no like ironic laughter about it. Like every like this movie that is a really classic for a reason. Shacks my ass when people like laugh at something that you're like, you need to appreciate this. It depends on the movie. Like if it's a if it's not like a serious movie, it's like if it's a little sillier or something like yeah. that. But Jaws is Jaws is like a serious movie. So yeah, I would I would have been taken out of it. But no, people the the scares work a lot better on a big screen even today. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, I just want to give shouts out to uh, a couple other great horror movies. Um, Night of the Living Dead is something I came to a little later in life, mm-hmm. um, and I have to say that movie is so brilliantly done, mm-hmm. and it's I really appreciate what it did for horror and that. You know, you really, the modern zombie craze that we're still 50 years later. Drowning in. (laughs) Drowning in. um, That movie started it all. So much in, you know, Romero, we lost Romero this year. Um, He, you know, he really did something. It it wasn't just the horror stuff, too. It was the socio-political context, using horror to. That movie is not about zombies. Yeah, no, I mean, just right down to the end of that movie. Which sadly is still far more um, far more topical than I think maybe they had expected it would be five yep. decades ago. Uh, but you know the, that movie, and then like I love the orphanage, and uh, that mm. was Backbone, and the witch, and American Werewolf in London, and you know there's a lot of the witch. So the witch was ones. great. The yeah. witch was like my favorite horror movie of last year for sure. Yeah, doesn't I, it kind of bug you though, or well, how do you feel when you see like you know, cinema scores, which is the audience exit polling, horror movies always, always come in, like, lower. And The Witch got, like, a D. The wit- Because The Witch, I-, I think initial audiences probably, were- even I, the- even when I saw Witch- The Witch for the first time, I was a little taken aback by how different it was from, I think, what the trailers were selling. Not, not worse, just different. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, you kind of go in expecting... Like a, a sort of a, a, a real, real just like a, assault on your senses, and that's not what the movie yeah, is. No, no. But what the movie is is an amazing uh, sort of deep dive into uh, sort of like feminine femininity and uh, developing this like developing young woman who is being ostracized by her family yeah. because she's growing up. It's it's yeah. amazing. And there's uh, so many it's the it's the smaller moments in that movie that, yeah. that get me. And I love that it it had the balls to go and have them speak in yield yeah, language yeah. and everything. Damn your black Philip. <laughs> yeah. And Black Philip, let's face black it, Black Philip was Phillip. one of the was one of the great breakout characters of last yes. year. Oh yeah, he was awesome. When he started following me on Twitter, I I felt like I'd won the. Oh, internet. the goat did. Yes. Oh okay. Um, That's pretty awesome. Or the social media manager behind the goat. There we go. <laughs> uh, I also love the Babadook and the Fly and all that. Just yeah. but we want to hear the horror movies that you guys love. Let us know in the comments. Yeah, Let give us, us some good suggestions. Yeah, yeah. Tell us what the what we should be watching that are scary movies. Uh, this is going up uh, almost. Two weeks before Halloween, you know? Yeah, uh, let us know time. what we should be watching. Uh, we have a, a thing up on the side, too, about movies you need to stream on, on Halloween. Uh, so let us know at movies at IGN.com, at hashtag IGN Movies Podcast, 
on our fan Facebook page and at on Twitter at, at Tom underscore Jorgensen, at Jim Vavda. And really briefly, because you have your wrap-up face on, yeah. I do want to jump in with one thing that we always like to do, and that's uh, talking about the last movies that we watched. Funny you should say that, Tom. I did write down a couple. I was ready. Oh. Go for it. You first, sir. Damn. We did talk about Thor Ragnarok, so you can't repeat Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, Thor Ragnarok doesn't count. Uh, yeah. But, Jim, what was the last movie you watched? Uh, I saw one last night that I, I, I've i seen a few this week that I'm under embargo. I can't talk about yet. <laughs> but I saw one last night that is not really in the IGN wheelhouse, but it, it was something that... It's called Chappaquiddick. And it's Jason Clark from War for the Planet, uh, uh, from Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and Terminator Genesis, uh, Genesis, Genesis, yeah, and Brotherhood, and all these things. Um, plays young Teddy Kennedy, JFK, and Bobby Kennedy's kid brother. Who, uh, maybe some of you folks don't know this story. In 1969, on the weekend that man was about to walk on the moon, got into a car accident on Martha's Vineyard. And a young woman, uh, a staffer of, uh, of his brothers, of his late brothers, was killed. He was driving. He had been drinking. Went off a bridge. She drowned. Um, and basically that dogged him for years. And this movie takes place over three days as a guy who was being touted as the, the next Kennedy that could become president. You know, he had two brothers who had been killed. Everyone's pinning their hopes on him but he's not his brothers. And this horrible thing that he's responsible for and how he's trying to wuss out of it too. He doesn't go to the cops for like 10 hours. And it's a really, it's, a, it's not like, I wouldn't call it a docudrama, but it's a really good like character study of this guy's world imploding. Jason Clark, I'm gonna go out on a limb here. He's best actor nomination worthy in it. He's wow. fantastic. He looks like him. And he's not wearing any makeup. He put on about 15, 20 pounds and is wearing a wig. Um, but he looks like Teddy Kennedy. And Teddy Kennedy spoke at my si- my, my two sisters graduated from college together in 1988. One of them was wicked smart and got to jump a, a, a year at school. Uh, they graduated from UMass Boston. Teddy Kennedy and John Williams spoke at their graduation. So there I am, little 14-year-old me, watching this. And as Teddy Kennedy is speaking to the crowd, people start yelling, Chappaquiddick, Chappaquiddick. Wow. And so, like, and that's 17 years later. Yeah. Uh, You know, so, yeah. So that's a really interesting movie. That's not out yet, but it has screened at festivals and is getting some decent word of mouth. And then another movie I saw, which was really interesting, which I think it's on VOD, it's called Una. And mm-hmm. it's based on a play by a guy named Derek, uh, David Harrower uh, called Blackbird. And it's all about Ben Mendelsohn from Rogue One, director Krennic. Yeah. Uh, and Rooney Mara starring it. And he plays um, a guy who had sex with a 12-year-old girl. Oh, and Rooney Mara wow. is now grown up and seeks him out. He's been like living his life elsewhere. He did his time, everything. She comes, finds him at work, and it's all about what happens. And it's a little bit more complicated than you would think. Uh, and the play, I read the play first, and that that goes to some places, and it's really, it's very interesting. It's a heavy movie. Both of these are kind of heavy movies, but uh, I should say, Ed Holmes is in Chappaquiddick. 
Oh, wow. This is like the dramatic version of The Hangover. A bunch of guys who get drunk, you know, blackout drunk, and shit hits the fan. <laughs> except in this one, they <laughs> except that there are consequences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so those are the two movies I've seen recently that I would highly recommend you guys go see. Una, I believe, is out in limited release and on, I believe it's on VOD. Uh, Chappaquiddick is coming out soon. Definitely skews older, but if you just want to see an interesting movie, it's not, it's about a politician, but it's really about what price is integrity, you yeah. know? And, and it's, and Jason Clark is just, again, one of the best performances I've seen this year. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Those, sound, those sound great. Um, the last movie that I saw, actually, it's it's been such a crazy week that I forget the order. I rewatched Blade Runner twenty forty nine on uh, an IMAX screen. That was amazing. It's it gets better every time you watch it. Uh, we already t I watched The Witch pretty recently, and we already kind of talked about that, so I won't sit on that for too long. Uh, so I will. I'll move on to the other most recent movie that I've seen which is a great horror movie by John Carpenter called In the Mouth of Madness. Nah. In the Mouth of Madness is a horror, I think it was made in 1994, this Lovecraftian horror movie starring Sam Neill, uh, Charlton Heston's in it, uh, 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 Jurgen Prochnow, Prochnow. Prochnow. Prochnow, Jurgen Prochnow. I think it's Jurgen Prochnow. Jürgen I think Prochnow. it's Jürgen. I, I don't know, know if he says J. Sounds like my last name. Um, you know he played Arnold Schwarzenegger in a TV movie? Did he? Yeah, when Arnold ran for governor, they made a TV movie. Jurgen Prochnow played him. Oh, God. I know, it's the weirdest thing. Yeah. Sorry, it was a weird that segue, like a but there's a little factoid for you right there. All right, well, guys, go find that movie or go watch In the Mouth of Madness, which is an <laughs> excellent... Basically, uh, Jurgen Prochnow plays a Stephen King-type author who uh, goes missing, and his publisher is sending out this insurance fraud expert to go look into it because uh, his he's got a cop he's got the only copy of his new hit his potentially huge hit book with him and they're sending this insurance guy to like basically go see what the hell's going on and hopefully recover the book and they travel to this town in New Hampshire that is go New Hampshire Granite State live for your die uh, <laughs> they travel to this fictional town in New Hampshire that they somehow that somehow is all of a sudden on the map. And it's just this descent into insanity. The Sam <laughs> it's it would be a great double feature with the other amazing Sam Neill horror movie of the 90s, which is Event Horizon, <laughs> which both of those movies are basically just about Sam Neill losing his mind and chewing as much scenery as possible. So if oh, you're Sam. into if you're into uh, Alan Grant from Jurassic Park <laughs> losing his mind uh, in a cosmological horror uh, nightmare fest in the mouth of madness is the movie that you want to watch. Isn't that an interesting Sam Neill like thriller? It's not quite horror, but it's called Dead Calm. And uh, it's him and Nicole Kidman and they're like uh, husband wife, I mm -hmm. think. And Billy Zane is like this drifter that ends up on their boat. <laughs> and all about sort of like how the fit hits the shan. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's interesting too. Uh, but we want to hear what, what are you know what, what good movies have you all seen recently? The same same rules apply. Let us know in the comments and all the other jazz we've been rattling off. Uh, I think that about does it for this week. Nothing left to talk about here. No, now? we're pretty talked out. We all will right. we'll see you guys on the other side of uh, the craziest week in pop culture. 
Yeah, yeah. Again, uh, we'll probably we'll be back with Thor Ragnarok, and we have a, a full spoiler cast. Uh, we'll and God knows there'll probably be some other shoes dropping between now and then that we'll talk about. But as always, thanks for listening. For all things movies, keep it here on IGN. <laughs>